Hello, hello, Heat Nation. Welcome back to Heaters Gonna Heat, part of the OTG Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Russell, here to bring you the latest on our favorite NBA team, the Miami Heat. And for the Heat, the December of disaster is finally over. But first, just to go over the games real quick, uh, to finish out December, Miami hosted the Washington Wizards and then embarked on the most brutal part of their schedule, a seven-game Western road trip. Um, it was originally supposed to start against the Spurs on Wednesday. However, uh, as we'll get to in a little bit later on, that game got postponed. And then it finished up December uh, with the at Rockets on Friday. But first up was a game against the Washington Wizards. This was the one that was highlighted as like the important game of the week because at the time um, Miami was 1-1 with the Wizards and they played four times for the season. And given that the Wizards and the Heat are close enough, that they could end up needing that tiebreaker later on. You know, obviously getting the getting that 2-1 edge is important for the season series uh, on top of the usual stuff. But uh, this is the game Miami won, 119-112. It was a bit of a close first half until the Heat closed out on an, on an 18-3-1, which put them up quite a bit. They were pretty much up double digits most of the game until about two minutes left. Um, during that time, they had a lead as high as 28. But yeah, once it got to uh, two minutes left, that was when it just got under double digits. There was like a little bit of concern that maybe the Wizards could have pulled this back from the brink. But Miami had some good free throw shooting down the stretch to help finish that game off. And among those shooting free throws, Jimmy Butler. No <laughs> surprise there. But Butler, fantastic game. 25 points, 8 rebounds. 15 assists. This is a game that they were without Kyle Lowry, so Butler picked up the playmaking duties, and yeah, Lowry's not the only one that could do double-double with assists, apparently. Oh yeah, also, sorry, I forgot, for Jimmy Butler, uh, 15 assists, also two blocks, two steals, so doing it all over the court. Did this on really good efficiency, too. 8 of 16 from the field, 9 of 9 from the free throw line, had 12 points in the first quarter to kind of help Miami build that lead, and then, you know, sprinkled it here and there, and then came alive at the end of the game. He had two big buckets to kind of help keep the Wizards at arm length, and then had two free throws as well, so six points in that last little stretch to help close out the game. After Butler also joining in the free throws to help close, Omir Yurtseven, who continues to start and continues to rack up double-doubles with rebounds. 10 points, 14 rebounds, 1 assist, 4-12 from the field, so not great efficiency there. 2-2 from the free throw line, but those two free throws were pivotal. They're at the end of the game to help, again, keep Miami just just enough of an arm's length away. Um, the other interesting thing of those 14 rebounds he got, 7 were on the offensive glass, so good good balance, perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Offense and defense, but seven offensive rebounds. It was a big part for what like, just helped Miami just keep pouring it on the Wizards for the most part of the game um, until things got close at the end. But to finish off the free throw shooters that helped Miami close out the game, Tyler Hero, who shot a blistering 32 points, uh, also had six rebounds, three assists, but did that on not quite the the best efficiency, just from the field, field goal perspective, 9-19 from the field, but of those, five for seven from three. So you'll you you'll take slightly lower efficiency if it's you know obviously from three. But and also nine of ten from the free throw line. So he was able to get to the free throw line pretty much at will. Twenty points in the first half, but another ten points in the fourth. So 
took it off a little bit, only two points in the third quarter, but scored a ton in the first and then scored a ton to help close it off. And then rounding out like players that did really well for Miami, Duncan Robinson, 26 points, one rebound, one assist. They did that on 9-17 of 17 from the field, but of that 9-17, of 17, went 8-16 of 16 from three. That's like a Steph Curry stat line on a hot night kind of kind of shooting performance from him. And it was just pretty much constant throughout the game. Like he had at least one three in every quarter. And then two of the quarters he went um he had three threes in there. So he was just kind of raining it on the on it for the Wizards all night long. Just love to see it. Every every great shooting game like that, you know, again, confidence, ceiling raise, all that great stuff we love to see. Overall, uh Miami, they didn't quite you know reach that forty 40 attempt volume that that we've talked about a lot but again they made up for it with efficiency ended up going 16 to 34 from three it's good for 47 percent when you're shooting that hot you can be fine not quite getting the volume up moving on though miami was supposed to play the spurs in a back-to-back at san antonio the following night however um wednesday morning throughout the day Miami got hit with a swath of health and safety protocol call-outs. It literally got to the point that they only had five of their original rotation players available. Um, and essentially <laughs> told them, hey, do you want to go just pick up some guys from the San Antonio G League and, and play? And no? All right, fine. We'll, we'll postpone the game. And so, yeah, that game is now postponed. That was just rescheduled either like yesterday or something like that, but rescheduled for Thursday, February 3rd. So we'll deal with that. Oh, yeah, it is still at San Antonio, but we'll deal with that um, when that happens. So because of that, Miami had Wednesday and Thursday off before, you know, which also helped them to find players to replace the rest of the roster with so that they could play their next game at Rockets on uh, Friday. And this was a game that they were able to win 120 to 110. Um, kind of like we saw before. It was a bit of a close in the first quarter until Miami went on a, another big run to close it out, 14 to 3 this time. And they were up double digits for most of the game. However, the Rockets were able to get it down to 5, but Heat went on a 7 0 run to just kind of put it away. Um, yeah, another fantastic game from Jimmy Butler. Uh, 37 points this time, one rebound, two assists. Like the, the dude was only here to get one thing, and that was buckets. Uh, did that on 12 of 21 from the field, two of three from three points. So Jimmy busting out the three pointer and knocking it down, but a massive 11 11 from the free throw line. Like double digits from the free throw line uh, is just impressive. And then obviously nailing them all as well. But 10 points in the fourth quarter to kind of help put this away to, to give you some context. Um, like this was a low scoring fourth quarter for, for Miami. It's how the Rockets got back into the game, but they scored 20 points. Jimmy had half of that in the fourth, just kind of, again, to show Jimmy Butler is a closer. Also having a good game again, Omir Yurtseven, another double, double 10 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, but also shown out on the defensive end, two steals, two blocks, uh, just did it on five of 11 from the field. Not the most efficient obviously shooting, but you can kind of just see some of the confidence growing in him, at the very least from the standpoint of he seems to know what his role is on the floor, which is like, dude, you're you're huge. So if they're playing a small ball lineup, we're going to stick you as close to the rim as possible and just grab rebounds 
and then you know try to run try, try to run the lane, do some pick and roll stuff, but mainly just grab rebounds. And he's got that so far. And now it'll just be the question of if he can expand upon that. But he continues to do a great job, and it kind of is starting to make me wonder about what you do per se with like Dwayne Dedman, if not this season, because I understand still keeping Dedman as as the regular backup center, but in the future, like summertime kind of stuff. This is where, you know, ideas start to pop up now and then you revisit them later on. Um, but back to the game, uh, another great news for Miami, Kyle Lowry back from health and safety protocols. Didn't quite have the best game, 12 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, three eleven from the field, uh, 2 of 7 from 3, 4 or 5 from the, four or five from the free throw line is not too bad. But uh, he did hit a big 3 to cap off the 7-0 run. So, you know, he had some rust on the legs, which kind of makes sense. But overall, just great to have him back. And as we'll see later on, I mean, he, he's going to get right back to form not too far away. But I would be doing a disservice if I did not mention uh, some of the players that Miami signed literally on 10-day contracts and just kind of plucked out of nowhere. First, Haywood Highsmith, a 3 of 3 from 3. So didn't have a ton of minutes, but really productive in them and just helping to keep the floor spaced. He originally played for the 76ers, and I would imagine they would probably want some more floor spacing right now. Uh, oh, sucks to suck. But the other one, the bigger story, though, in terms of the 10 day contracts, was Kyle Guy, which, way to represent the Kyles there, dude. And just, I love, love the name, Kyle Guy. That Kyle Guy. I don't know if anybody watched South Park. Um, the Canadians always comes to mind now. But <laughs> 17 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists on 6 of 8 from the field. Four of six from three, uh, one or two from the free throw line, but four or six from three. Like this dude kind of came in and was almost like having like Max Struess. Uh, obviously, we Struess is better, but uh, it was like having that right again. It was like, oh, cool, we can just pluck three point shooters just pretty much out of nowhere. Where did we get this guy from? Oh, this guy came from the Kings, one of the worst run organizations of the last what? They had the NBA record right now, so it's like fifteen years. Since they've made the playoffs, um, but yeah, the Kings fans, like I, I'm the I'm an egalitarian in the sense of like I really like the idea of fans at least being able to look at to one point of their viewing career and see their franchise playing well. Like yeah, I can you know we can remember the big three heat and the 2020 bubble run things like that from from Miami. Kings fans, man, y'all y'all got nothing. I'm sorry. Um, back to the game though, Kyle guy. Picked him up out of nowhere. Dude produced, He and he was a big factor for Miami capping off uh, the month of December with, with a five-game win streak. And from there, I wanted to part from the way that I, I usually do this, where I go through all the games last week. But I want to stop right there, though, so that way, just, just to take a look at the month of December for Miami. This is a, a month that started out with Bam Adebayo having to, going down, already being down more than Oladipo, but... Bam out at least for the entire month of December, and at the time it was just hey, if we can go fifty, if we can go five hundred, that's great. Anything above that, gravy. Well, Miami had gravy for Christmas because ten and five record. That's you know two thirds of their games they won, finishing out on a five game win streak. So they were five and five at one point, and then they said nah, five game win streak to close this out. They picked up some really great wins. They beat the Bucks to, to go up 2-1. They have four-game series against them. That's a team that they could potentially have to do tiebreakers for later on. They beat the Bulls to go up 2-0 on them, although there are two games left, so 
a chance for the Bulls to tie, but not take the tiebreaker. Um, but that's also a team that they could be in the mix with. Um, went up 2-1 on the Wizards. Same thing. You know, they play four games. This is a team that they could potentially play later on. And then 76ers went up 1-0 on them. That is also a four-game season series. But they got the first game, and again, on a night when they were missing half their roster. Uh, and then last of the good wins on their Pacers beat them twice to take a 2-1 season series. Although it is, the Pacers very clearly seem like a team that go are going in that direction. But I just throw that in there because if the worst case scenario happens later on this year, at least Miami has a tiebreaker over them as well. And, you know, the more tiebreakers you have, the better, I, I think, when it comes to playoffs. And with those good wins, uh, there were there's really only one bad loss I would see in there, which was the one against the Pistons. This is a game that like the Pistons were trying to give us pretty much, and we just couldn't take it. The other losses for the month, uh, twice to the Cavs. The Cavs were a pretty legit team. Like I, they're at the very least going to be a playoff playing level team this year. Um, so fair enough. And that's kind of a Cavs are kind of a wonky matchup, but um, it does give them a 2-0 season series lead on us. There's only a third game, so they have the tiebreaker. Well, it is what it is at this point. I mean, Miami had, you know, they could have been in a similar hole with another four or five teams. Instead, they won. So if they dropped one of those, that's fine. Um, the other ones, a loss to the Bucks. It's one of the best teams in the East. And a loss to the Grizzlies, who are pretty well slotted as the fourth seed in the West right now. So, really, I don't think the losses were that bad outside of that Pistons one. Uh, especially when, again, you remember, Miami spent most of the month dealing with injury problems and then dealing with health and safety at the very end of it. Uh, fun fact, Omir Yurtseven was the only player that played all 15 games for the Heat this month. Most of the, some of the big players, you think, like Tucker, Butler, Martin, Bam, Morris... They all missed five-plus games, uh, but still, despite that, because of just some good game planning and leaning into what the players you had left were good at doing, Miami went three-point heavy, and it rode it to great success, finishing six in three-point attempts for the month, uh, second in three-point percentage, just barely behind the Bulls, and pretty, pretty big gap to third, but... Because of the three-point shooting, I think like Vincent, Strauss, Lowry, Hero, Robinson, those are like the big shooters Miami were just leaning into. Um, yeah, they made it rain from three. They racked up some wins, finished six in effective field goal percentage. It For the most part, like it was pretty much propping up what was a not great offense, missing some of your best players, 13th in offensive rating for the month, but kept up the defensive identity, 8th in defensive rating, which helped them to stay in the top 10 at 10th in net rating. So, you know, it's one of those things where I got I always love to say like having a coach expo is you know, <laughs> we always take it for granted sometimes, especially cuz a lot of the stuff that like I think he really does well is kind of just the you know, it's kind of like the the no duh stuff. If you if you have a basketball player that just doesn't make stupid mistakes, that in and of itself is <laughs> valuable just because you know that they're never going to zag when they should zig or, or things like that. And suppose kind of the same way. It's like, all right, I'm missing half my roster. What do I have? 
Uh, let's see. Oh, I have a decent collection of three-point shooters because usually Struess and Vincent aren't getting tons of minutes because they're coming off the bench, but now I can either I can give them more minutes. Okay, and I already have Hero and Robinson and Lowry. Well, let's just shoot a ton of threes and see what happens. Like It's, it's a no-duh move, but it's executed very well, and yeah, end result, a 10-5 month, and what I think is like the opening argument to Spolstra's Coach of the Year campaign I know some of the other campaigns have kind of dropped off. Like I think Gen VP uh, might just be about done just because of games missed. Uh, Tyler Hero has, has six, man. So that, that campaign's running really well. And then the time missed for Adebayo has probably killed his defensive player of the year campaign. But as one campaign falls, another one rises. Spo for coach of the year campaign starting now. As we move on, though, New Year, still games going on. First up, uh, Miami also continues their Western Coast road trip. But first up, the Heat were at the Kings on Sunday. This is a game they unfortunately lost 113-115 to 115, despite you know the Kings just trying to give it to Miami at multiple points. But the Heat dug themselves a, a hole to start out the game, 18-26 after the first quarter. But they tied it at 40 about midway through the second. So, you know, they got right back into it, which is, you know, great great bounce back for them, but different from what we saw in the last two December games. Uh, still, Heat able to build a lead in the third quarter. Like, they kept it close after it was tied. The Kings did have, I think, like a four-point lead at halftime. Heat kept it close, tied it up, and then actually had a, like, five, seven-point lead-ish or so midway through the third and then dropped it. Uh, tie, they were tied up going into the fourth. Again in the fourth, Miami got out to like a 5-7 point lead. This is what I was saying. The Kings just almost trying to give it away to Miami. And yeah, I I think at this point, like the, the fatigue from December is starting to catch up. The Heat just couldn't capitalize on it. Ended up um, tying the game 113. De'Aaron Fox hit some free throws to put them up two. Then ball gets to Jimmy Butler. He drives to the baseline and gets a shot that... You know, he probably takes, you probably see him do it 100 times over the season, and he'll hit 95 of them. Well, this was one of those fun times that it does not go in, unfortunately. Heat lose on the buzzer. It, it is what it is. Butler, again, like, you you take that shot every single time. So, not really that hard to live with the results. Like, I don't really, yeah, yeah it's kind of a bit of a bad loss because it's the Kings, and especially when you consider the next game that they had is against the Warriors the following night. And yet, I don't feel that bad about it in, in the context of where everything is in this season. Uh, and I don't, wanna, I don't want the, that missed shot to take up what was still you know, a solid night for Jimmy Butler. 21 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists on uh, 9-22 from the field. Not great efficiency there. 1-6 from 3. So he was taking a lot of threes. Was not dropping though. Only two two from the free throw line. So there might have been an opportunity there, maybe to take one or two less threes and try to get to the line a few more times instead. Uh, like I've said, I think my my goal for Jimmy would be to go one or three from three, like average one or three from three, helping out. Uh, but this game, another great game from Kyle Lowry. He started getting back to form here. Fourteen points, five rebounds, twelve assists. So you know the classic Lowry double double with assists. Um, not great efficiency, though. 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, and uh, 2 of 2 from the line. But it's good to see him kind of just get back to form, at least from like a playmaking perspective. Though it was really sad to see a wasted 
great game from Yurt Seven. 22 points, 16 rebounds on 11 of 18 from the field. Had a big basket uh, in the fourth quarter where the, the Heat were down at the time, and uh, they were down four, and Butler passes it to Yurt Seven, who knocks like a good baseline jumper to help knock it down to two. Butler helped to tie it, but interesting to see that he was trusted with that, and yeah, he nailed it. So... Uh, again, like Yurt continues to grow. It's nice to see like he he's taking advantage of valuable playing time, which is something that is pivotal if you're one of these fringe NBA type players because your opportunities are are limited. So you have to make the best of them. As usual, though, if we take a look at the shooting, we can pretty much tell right why we lost there. Uh, Nine of thirty three from three point, which is twenty seven percent, ghastly, and a lot of offenders on that list. Tyler Hero, 4 of 11 from 3, although good volume. That one's not the worst. I mean, that's not too bad, really. He, he didn't really produce much in other areas, unfortunately. Uh, Highsmith from the last game, 0 of 1. Kyle Guy, 0 of 2. So they weren't getting some of the shooting help that they were getting from that Rockets game here. And, yeah, all they needed was just w- one of those. If they could have gotten just one more 3 from somebody, that that's literally 3 points. That's the game. So... Bad shooting night, road, context of the whole season, it's whatever. Uh, on to the next game. This is the following night against the league-best Golden State Warriors. It's also a game that they lost 108-115. to They got absolutely crushed in the first quarter behind just Golden State motion offense hitting them to death. However, he came back, tied it in the second, and we're able to just kind of keep within arm's length, only going down five at halftime. They tied it again at 72 in the third quarter. So, you know, keeping there. And then the worst-case scenario happened. Um, Jimmy Butler looks like a very, like, non-contact. He rolled, like, it is eventually, as of now, like, it's only been reported as, like, a bad ankle roll. At the moment, it looked really bad. Like, Butler... To, to give context, Butler, has, I've literally seen him land on a bruised tailbone and at least be able to, like, yeah, he was writhing in pain for a little bit, but at least he was able to pop back up and walk off on his own, you know, and into the locker room where he's eventually done for the night. This, he went down in a, like a non-contact way, which is, which kind of is a big red flag. Usually that, like, probability-wise, that probably means something structural, which is absolutely terrible. Um... He goes down, and he doesn't even try to put any any pressure or anything on it. He literally has help to get him off the court. And, yeah, the everything starts going, you know, oh, could it be like Achilles or could it have been maybe something with a knee or, or I don't know. Uh, as of this recording, it is very fortunate to say the Heat only think it's like a, a bad ankle sprain or that it was really bad in the moment and then it got better later on. Um, to the point that they think he could be back at the end of this week. But we'll discuss it a little bit more. But within the context of the game, it was especially crushing because of how bad it looked in that moment. And you could almost feel like the energy from Miami being sapped from that. They were tied at 72 when that happened. Uh, or maybe the, the Warriors were up one. It was right around the time that they had tied the game and were pushing to take the lead when Butler goes down. Uh the Heat, after that, just didn't have the energy to keep up with the Warriors. They were still able to keep it arm's length. They got it down to still as, as close as four by the end of the game, but the Warriors went on a 7 run to put it away, um, which gets to our final loss, 108-15. And, yeah, really 
really bad. Butler was having a fantastic game up to that point. So, again, these stats are are only up to about midway of the third quarter. But at that time, Butler, so it doesn't count for anything in the third or whatever whatever he would do in the fourth. But Butler at that time, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 7 of 14 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, and 6 of 6 from the line. So crushing it on pace for like a classic 30-plus point Jimmy Butler night where he leads the, a struggling Heat team in an improbable victory kind of thing. Uh, got cut short. Hopefully doesn't get cut short much longer. Uh, helping out, though, again, Kyle Lowry. Another double-double, 16 points, 5 rebounds. Sorry, 6 rebounds, 11 assists. The efficiency still is, has not quite gotten back yet. A 4-13 from the field, 2-9 from 3. Still a good 6-7 from the free-throw line. Um, I guess we kind of we saw something a little similar to like this when he went down earlier in the season, like around like end of October. Um, hopefully, he can bounce back a bit quicker. At the very least, he he's obviously still very productive on the defensive end, playmaking, and then occasionally providing some good buckets. So I'm not going to disparage Lowry too much. He's still an amazing point guard. PJ Tucker returned to the lineup finally. Like he was he was literally. He got approved from um, COVID safety protocols, flew to Miami, did not even get to the hotel, had to go straight to the arena. Here, dude, suit up, man. Time to go play. So, obviously, rusty because of that. But he came back, filled in a six-man role for Miami. Six points, three rebounds, one assist, two or four from the field, two or three from three-point uh, range. So, was able to knock down some corner threes and just try to knock off some of the rust that he had on him. Yurt, um, unfortunately, missed... His double-double record only finished... He did get the rebound part. He had 17 rebounds, so not really there. But only five points. Uh, Warriors were doing a really good job just defending entry passes and keeping him, especially Draymond Green. I remember it was one. Green just absolutely stuffed him. So, I mean, Draymond Green is, I would say, is probably the front-runner for Defensive Player of the Year uh, for good reason. So, great that you went up against him here, but you got to go a little bit harder if you're going up against Draymond Green. Uh, overall, it was still a good game that Miami shot from three, 17 of 42 from three, which is good for 40.5%. Tyler Hero, four of 13 from three. So, you know, he, he got he got some knockdown, but not great efficiency. And kind of like in that Kings game, he wasn't really doing much in other areas. He looks like he is getting, uh, I guess, like worn down just from heavy starter minutes. But as the roster gets healthy, I'm, I'm sure he'll bounce back and kind of get back to where he was before. But um, also helping out from the three-point shooting, uh, Caleb Martin, two of three. Kyle Gaff, four of eight. So, yeah, they pretty much have found a serviceable, you know, the, the quote-unquote uh, volume three-point shooter role that they need, at least until, like, Struess or Robinson are back. Um, but, yeah, this was still a game. Like, I understand that moral victories do not count for anything in the standings, but seriously, moral win here. This is a Warriors team that is relatively way healthy compared to Miami. Like, sure, they don't have Clay Thompson right now or Wiseman, and um, but <laughs> that's like small violin, world's smallest violin playing compared to Miami missing, you know, Bam, Morris, Oladipo, players coming in and out, all this chaos, and still they they kept competitive at Golden State. So take the moral win. Um, we've got to move on from there. So currently for Miami, the big concern, obviously, at the moment is Jimmy Butler. Uh, as I mentioned, um, as of the, cur- the time of this, it was announced that they think that he could be back 
um, as early as the end of this week. Personally, I, I, I the end of this week is the Suns. Like outside of a loss on the record, it's not really too much in terms of repercussions. Like they're they're in the West. You don't have to five for them for seeding. So yeah, I unless he's clearly a hundred percent. Um, I hope he actually sits instead because the Heat will have several days off before their next game. They only have two games in the next week, so let Butler get that rest for an entire week. Make sure that he's a hundred percent. It's it's the long picture, and this is not a Bucks like a Bucks game where you're worried about tiebreakers or something later on. Like you can lose to the Suns and be fine, just like you can lose to the Warriors and be fine. But yeah, Miami's ever rotating injury door uh, continues. So still. We are still without Bam Adebayo, Oladipo, Morris. Um, Deadman is still out. Those are all like the ones with physical injuries. Um, oh, yeah. Also, Casey Akpala as well. He injured his wrist. So that's six roster spots right there, which, again, goes to the whole, like what I was saying about the Warriors just now, where they are relatively way healthier than us. But that's not all, because it, it broke out pretty much last Wednesday. Miami had a swath of health and safety protocols again. Um, Udonis Haslam, uh, Gabe Vincent. Duncan Robinson and Marcus Garrett, all in health and safety protocols. Um, the NBA did change some of their guidelines based off of data on the Omicron variant. Essentially, th- this variant, um, quick bio lesson, this variant seems like it is a lot more infectious, but a lot less deadly, which is you know good from the standpoint of great less deaths, but bad from the standpoint of like this thing's going to spread around like crazy. Hopefully... We don't get any more variants out of this. But because of the dr- loss in severity, that's why the NBA has lessened the guidelines uh, in for things like quarantine. Uh, once you have a positive test, there's debate about whether or not they should have done that. But the reality is that this is what the rules are right now, and teams are going to follow them. So I would not be surprised if we can get some of these players back um, from health and safety, if not tomorrow's game against the Trailblazers, then hopefully by Saturday to make it a bit more of a competitive game against the Suns. Um, but yeah, again, like Vincent Robinson, we actually just got Struess back. He was on health and safety until um, literally about a few hours ago. But those three went down, and those were three of Miami shooters that were helped powering that December run. Um, so without them, kind of makes sense that the three-point shooting started to fall off a cliff for the last week. Building on that, though, we are starting to get some players back. Kyle Lowry came back uh, last Friday. P.J. Tucker is finally back Monday. Like I mentioned, Struess is back just now. And, yeah, it's good timing. So I am looking forward to hopefully January being a month of getting back to health and and healing for Miami. Because, yeah, after December, they deserve it. Because despite it all... They still have a record 23 of 15, eight games over 500, which is still good for the fourth seed in the East. Uh, Go over the standings real quick. The Bulls actually jumped up to first, and two games back from the Bulls, tied uh, for second and third is the Nets and the Bucks. There's about a a one-and-a-half game gap to where the Heat are at fourth, so the Heat are kind of by themselves right now. Then another game-and-a-half gap, five games um, back. Is where the Cavs are, and then the 76ers half game behind them. So those are your five, six seeds. And then you're playing the seven through ten. Those cover seven to eight games back. So starting about three and a half games back from where Miami is right now. That's the group that has Wizards, Hornets, Celtics, Raptors. So 
Uh, for for Miami, again, there's, they've done what was needed, which is stay in the top four and wait to get healthy. Uh, for now, like they they are starting to get some separation from the top three. But if they get healthy and you know eventually can get home because they're on this crazy seven game road trip, even though it is six right now, but. I digress. Point though is get healthy, get home, rack up some wins, and I think I feel pretty confident that as long as they get healthy in January, that this is going to be a top four seed for the for the East for the rest of the year. To finish things out, we'll again look ahead as we usually do to the games next week. So, what was supposed to have been five games in seven days last week is followed up with two games in seven days this week. I don't get it. <laughs> Whatever. Here's what we're doing then. Uh, th- no postponements either. This this is what was planned. No postponements. Uh, but first up, uh, the game at the Trailblazers tomorrow. We're on the road for this whole week. Um, this is a Trailblazers team that's currently 14-22, 12th in the West. So going nowhere fast. However, they're still, I guess, like right within earshot of trying to make the play-in. So wouldn't be surprised that they're still looking for wins to try to get back in there similar-ish to the Pacers. However, they the Blazers instead have Damian Lillard, so obviously they absolutely have to go for it. The other option would be to trade him away. Different conversation. Um, the Blazers, they hosted the Hawks on Monday, so the, and then they're hosting the Heat tomorrow, so there's no like any rest or schedule or anything like that. They, they are still missing C.J. McCollum, who had, a, I think it was like a collapsed lung. Hopefully he's doing fine and recovering well as well as several like more role rotation players. They didn't really recognize their names, unfortunately, um, but they were out with health and safety. But with McCollum down, that's kind of the big one because that allows Miami just to focus more on Damian Lillard, and I think they could they could really shut him down. He's not shooting well from three this year, which is affecting the other parts of his game. But Miami can also throw Caleb Martin on him, who has kind of become Miami's go-to for these high-scoring, quicker point guards. Martin was the one that spent the majority of the time on De'Aaron Fox and for the most part limited Fox as well as spent most of the time on Curry for the Warriors and limited a lot of what Curry did as well. So would not be surprised to see Martin thrown on Lula as well. And if he does a good job in that assignment, there's really not anybody else on the Blazers that scare me. So give me some players back for health and safety. And this is a winnable game for Miami. Solid win. Uh, the one that they sh- need to pick up this week because after that they have the Suns on Saturday. This is the Suns team that's 28-8, and eight, second in the West and in the league, and well-deserving of it too. Uh, they'll be hosting the Clippers on Thursday before they host the Heat on Saturday, so no rest anything there. They are currently missing DeAndre Ayton, uh, Jay Crowder, and JaVale McGee, which are three important players for them. They're out with health and safety, but... By the time it's Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're back as well just because of the, the shortened quarantine period. So overall, I, I'm not too optimistic about this game, honestly. I wish wish I could be, but it's it's a similar situation to what's going on, what happened with that Warriors game. We're just You're looking at that as like, this is a Sun team that's relatively healthier and playing better than you right now. Can't, and you're at their place too. You can't get too mad. Oh, and it's also a game that don't doesn't have too high of stakes just because it's another Western team. So overall, I I think what's going to end up happening for Miami where, where the crux of the problem is going to be is what they do with um, Yurt 7 because 
Chris Paul has made a career out of dragging big men out to the perimeter and then torturing them in pick and rolls. And Devin Booker has also been a phenomenal scorer uh, and good both off-ball and on-ball threat. Um, I'm not as much concerned about Booker. I understand he's going to get his points. It's the Chris Paul putting year seven in the torture chamber thing. And I think is where Miami's not going to be able to counter that without, like, you know, a Deadman or a Bam, um, especially if they have Aiton back. So those are why I think this is going to be a, a loss. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully they pick up the Blazers win at least to keep it 1-1 for the week and keep it keep it competitive against Phoenix on Saturday, you know, like, like they did with the Warriors. Seriously, though, Warriors and Suns within the same weeks is just brutal. Uh, however... That'll be all for this week's episode. Please be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Heaters Heating and myself at KBR Heat Nation. Also, check out the other great pods we got on the OTG Podcast Network. Um, check us on Twitter at OTG Basketball. I'll be back next week. So until then, stay heating and have a good one, Heat Nation.